Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. On today's episode of Just Healthcare Daily, we hear from Politico's Dan Diamond about his recent reporting on how infighting and chaos within the Trump administration has affected the response to the coronavirus pandemic. It's Monday, April 13th, and I'm Alex Olkin with GIST Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines on health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review. It helps other listeners find the show. Politico reporter Dan Diamond has been breaking stories about the Trump administration's response to the COVID-19 pandemic, including one this weekend about how lessons learned and plans developed over the past two administrations were disregarded. Dan joined me on Friday to talk about his recent reporting. Here's some of that conversation. I've been reading in your recent reporting that there are several factions within the administration related to the coronavirus response. How is the divide impacting the response efforts? I think the chaos that has been reflected in the U.S. response to coronavirus is paralleled by the fighting and dysfunction within. There have been multiple leaders of the Trump administration's coronavirus response. Initially, it was Health Secretary Alex Azar's team and and lead uh, for several weeks across January into February. Mike Pence, uh, as, as we first reported, picked up the baton at the end of February Now Jared Kushner, uh, the president's son-in-law and a White House senior advisor, is leading a significant amount of the response, specifically around supply chains, long-term planning, kind of the the fix-it team. But what that means is there are groups from the health department, uh, teams organized by the vice president's office, and now the Kushner group, which is operating out of FEMA, that are all working at times uh, on similar issues. And the break between these groups isn't always obvious. To say nothing of the scientific experts who have a very different perspective. Jared Kushner is leading the private sector response to the pandemic, and you've written that he's had some early successes, but his team is sowing confusion and possibly violating ethics rules. Are you hearing he's actually making it harder for the government response led by Vice President Mike Pence? I think it depends who you ask. And and really, that's true for almost everything about this reporting. A lot is in the eye of the beholder. And there really is kind of a fog of war going on in trying to report on this issue in a way that no other story in my career, I've experienced this. The entire government, the major parts of the private sector have been deployed. But the amount of confusion is really rampant. The Kushner team does have some successes to speak of, some of the efforts to speed up supplies, the working with the private sector. 
he's brought in a team that includes Adam Bowler, the former head of the Medicare Innovation Center, Brad Smith, the current head of that center, people who have credentials in the private sector and have been able to leverage that to make deals to work with industry. But there are folks in other parts of the government who look at that team and say, they're potentially cutting corners. They're doing things that are duplicative of what we've been working on for weeks or months or even years. I want to touch on your recent reporting about how the Trump administration ignored the National Security Council's pandemic playbook. It's clear that government officials have indeed expected and prepared for a pandemic. Since the story came out, are you getting any more insight as to why they ignored the playbook? My colleague, Nahal Tuzi, and I reported on the pandemic playbook, I think it was about two weeks ago now. And what was striking about reading that playbook cover to cover was how accurately it predicted this exact scenario. The playbook was written by career officials, goosed on by Obama appointees too, for a scenario like this one, where there would be chaos, where there would be confusion. So the playbook was intended to offer a step-by-step guide to navigate through all the drama and disruption that an epidemic or a pandemic would, would bring. The reasons it was ignored remain, unfortunately, pretty typical because it was seen as the last administration's work, not this administration's work. The people who worked on it or even the Trump appointees who championed it have largely left the administration. And the clarity I've gotten, Alex, isn't as much about this playbook. It's just every day that passes, we see reports. Politico has broken plenty of these stories, too, of additional warnings, memos, meetings, emails where officials laid out exactly what the risks were of not doing enough. And yet, at the end of the day, the president was not convinced to do more. The president is pushing an unproven drug, hydroxychloroquine, as an elixir to COVID-19. Aside from being medically irresponsible, what other kinds of problems is this creating for people or agencies leading the pandemic response? The pursuit of this drug, which could be a treatment for COVID-19 might not be. There are dozens of drugs currently being looked at. But to focus this much on one drug that is unproven, that has been touted by hucksters and fraudsters and people appearing on Fox News, means that other drugs, other potential treatments, just aren't getting as much time, attention as they might need. And I think career officials are disturbed by the precedent here. To have a president with no scientific background put so many chips on this one treatment, this is not how the FDA should work. But the pressures from the White House for career officials to procure the drug, to study the drug, this this is a crisis situation, and exploring potential treatments is absolutely worthwhile. Pursuing these treatments over the objections of Tony Fauci, the top infectious disease specialist who wants to wait on clinical trials. I think that's what's got so many officials unnerved, in addition to the risk of telling Americans to take a drug that they might uh, not need and might actively harm them. There's of course not been a pandemic of this proportion in recent memory, but there were other infectious diseases in the not-so-distant past, Ebola, H1N1. How does the Trump administration's response compare to previous administrations? The previous administrations, the Bush administration, the Obama administration, they faced pressures too, different pressures, not not society-altering pressures like the COVID-19 outbreak that we're going through, but did let Tony Fauci 
the CDC really take the lead on fighting those epidemics. It's it's a different story now with the political officials really pushing for a different kind of response with this epidemic. And I think that will raise further questions and scrutiny from people like me as to how decisions are being made and whether they're being made with the best scientific judgment. Over the past several months, you've reported about the divide between Secretary of Health Alex Azar and CMS Administrator Seema Verma. How is that impacting the coronavirus response? I think this is another story that could really only happen in the Trump administration. Alex Azar, the health secretary, Seema Verma, the CMS chief, have been at odds for a long time. It's no secret. Politico broke a lot of the stories here last year. Both of their jobs were essentially in jeopardy by the end of last year. But uh, after a sit down in the White House, they essentially had a non-aggression pact where both were just trying to go ahead and, and do their jobs. The reason we wrote on this story this week was it was a flare up of the tensions that we've seen. Seema Verma in this meeting with Secretary Azar, with Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, had been opposed to an idea to distribute $30 billion in, in emergency funding for healthcare providers. She had a separate plan, a $34 billion plan that involved loans, wanted to stick to that. The timing worked out that Verma, despite opposing the idea, ended up being the one to make the announcement. This aggravated a lot of people inside HHS who have seen Verma as someone who has sometimes taken the spotlight that Azar uh, should have had. And in this case, Azar was out of the office for the sad death of his father. I don't want to make too much of it. It was more an example of how in the middle of a crisis, there still is infighting that in other administrations would would be a total non-starter. What other types of coronavirus stories are you working on? The biggest thread that I'm trying to tease out, who is making decisions? How are they making those decisions? Are these decisions informed by evidence? Are they informed by private sector lobbying? I think a second thread that I remain focused on is the near-term effects for organizations like HHS, CDC, even the World Health Organization, given the anger and frustration over how this crisis has been handled And I think the last big issue that I'm trying to track is the individual decisions within the health agencies, like hydroxychloroquine, like other drugs that might be considered, how much of that is urgency that is necessary, given this unprecedented threat, or how how much is crackpot science leading us down a dangerous path. That was Politico reporter Dan Diamond. Thanks for listening to Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olgan. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on JustHealthcare.com. Just Healthcare Daily is an independent production of Just Healthcare. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.